Well, good evening. Uh, my name's Bill. Thanks very much for being here. I want to start out with, a, with kind of a cartoon to take a look at the worldview situation that's going on. This was sent to me by a, a friend named Marcy. And uh, she, she actually owns dogs and has a, has a great dog. But she sent this to me, and I thought it would be perfect because we're talking about worldview. And worldview that you can look at the same situation and get an opposite reaction from them. Uh, here's the first one up on, on the top is, remember 2020? Yep, it was awful. Worst year of my life. Two dogs talking. Remember 2020? Oh, my human spent every day with me. It was the best year of my life. I love that. It's a, worldview is a comprehensive way. It's the way we see the world. And but we all have a filter. Dion introduced this last week. She did a great job talking about worldview. And so today we're going to continue that in the series we're in. Uh, it's perfect for 2020. Uh, just behind us, going into 2021, how do we see it? You know, this is, if it's your first time here, we are in a series that's going to run for multiple weeks uh, at, about the letter to a church in a town called uh, Rome back in the time, the head of the world, uh, leader of the world at that particular time. Today we're, we're starting uh, with what we call good news for 2021. And so as we, as we look at the good news, uh, we're going to be looking at, again, the worldview from this verse that we had last week. Uh, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, uh, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual uh, service of worship uh, that God puts in front of us. It says, don't be conformed to this world. In other words, don't, don't let the world change us, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Uh, that by testing, you can discern what the will of God is. That which is good, acceptable, and perfect. You know, many times uh, before I was a follower of Christ, I, I saw God kind of as a cosmic killjoy. That he, whatever I was doing at that particular time, which was not, honorable uh, at the time. Uh, I thought he was, he was saying, no, he's trying to take joy away. But then this verse tells us that his will for us is what is good, what is acceptable, and what is perfect. When I first memorized this verse, I, I, it's a gap. So I always said, you know, good, acceptable, and perfect is a way to remember this. And so do, how do we look at the world? Do we look at the world, uh, our comprehensive comp? Uh, conception. Is it good? Is, is God merciful? Do, are we willing to present our bodies as a living sacrifice to him? Uh, and very important, how do we see the world? Do I see the world through God's eyes? Or do I see the world, really, uh, through the world's eyes? Do I, do I have a spin on it that leaves God out? One worldview that we can have, and we have to choose between these, is that there is a supernatural sovereign God who is the ruler of everything, who controls everything uh, that happens in both the spiritual and the physical realities we exist in. And this verse, again, goes further. The spiritual view is that his plans are good, his ways are good. That's, that's a godly worldview. That's seeing 
the world through God's eyes, through the Bible as he describes it. The other worldview that we can have is what we would call a secular uh, worldview. Uh, Life is just a bunch of random consequences that are taking place, controlled by natural laws or the physical laws that control our, our universe and our cosmos. Now, one thing that's interesting is people talk about, well, you know, you have a biblical worldview. That's a, that requires faith. Well, honestly, a secular worldview requires faith also. If we say there is no God, there are no spiritual forces or acts taking place, then what we're really saying as we do that is that we don't believe in God. That is a religious statement about the state of the world. So, uh, what's our worldview? Do we have a biblical worldview, looking through God's eyes, or do we have a secular worldview that looks through the, uh, the, the things that are taking place naturally, coincidences that are taking place around us, too? To help us understand, I, I put together a little pop quiz. I don't know about you, when I was in school, pop quizzes were not my friend. Uh, they weren't so bad, because I didn't really study for the regular test anyway, but it was always a surprise when it happened. So here's a pop quiz. Let's look at 2021, the thing we talked about in the cartoon, the big event of the year. Uh, COVID-19, pandemic continues to cover the world, over 90 million cases, 2 million deaths, uh, 21 million cases in the United States, and uh, over uh, 360,000 deaths. Okay, both growing rapidly, both the new strains and the old strains. So the question that all of us really should answer for ourselves, what's the deal? Is the COVID-19, is it, is it God's will? Is it there's something spiritual involved there? Or is it just a, a, a virus that, that, that mutated and grew and is now mutating again, is going to continue to grow and go forward? Is it a random, accidental event that's taking place inside the world? Or is COVID-19 the form of, a form of discipline where a loving God whose will for us is good, acceptable, and perfect is reaching out to us on this world to try and draw us back to him? Uh, which, how do we see COVID-19? And, and, and really, how much does that change the way we respond to COVID-19? Next question uh, was the shameful chaos in Washington, D.C., uh, the Stop the Steal uh, rally uh, turned violent and that stormed the U.S. Capitol, was that just accidental? Was that, was that just something that humans took place, political efforts going back and forth, results of social decay and, and all of the things that are taking place? Or were there really spiritual powers of darkness fighting with spiritual forces of goodness. Uh, Was God involved in that on one side or the other? That's a big question, Uh, particularly if we look to how to avoid that in the future. There's going to be a lot of talk over the next several months about that. Uh, The next question that's uh, coming up and is going to be very important in the next year, what's your view on climate change? What causes climate change? Because uh, it is getting hotter. Things are happening. But who holds the thermostat? Is, are these just random events of weather and circumstances that take place? Is man really the culprit here? Is he the villain? Is what we're doing 
uh, ruining the climate of our, of our world, and it's just, it's all up to us, natural forces? Or is God in control of the thermostat? Interesting, this, this last week I finished reading the book of uh, Revelation again as I finished my reading through the New Testament uh, on this time, and I certainly see some pretty obvious climate change take place in the book of Revelation and the changes that take place inside of our world when it goes, uh, when it starts coming to the end of it. So the Christian worldview, Christian worldview, uh, that the will of God rules over all and his will for each person is good. Secular worldview interprets life solely on principles taken from the natural material world. You know, one of the things is that, for me, it's, it's easy to just see events and not even take a step back and say, what's going on? What's really going on there? Is that, is, is this, are these forces of good and evil fighting? Or is this just natural consequences that are taking place because we live, if you will, in a, in a fallen world with just random events uh, that are moving around us? You know, but as we look at all of the things that have taken place, you can see where it goes. Uh, we can look at the, the demonstrations, confrontations, rioting, looting, decreases, decreases in mental and physical, uh, emotional health inside of our country, rising rates of suicide. Is, are these just random? That's a scary thought that all that for me as, as, a, as a follower of Christ and I would look at that. If it was all random and there was no one in control, but God says, no, I'm in control. We're told it, it clearly that God establishes his throne and, uh, in the heavens and his kingdom, listen, rules over all. Some of the verses say that not a sparrow falls to the ground without God allowing or ordaining that. My, my wife and I, we have a backyard we look out into and my wife bought some bird seed. And so she put it out there, and we have sparrow heaven uh, in our backyard. Uh, there, there can be anywhere from 5 to 20 of them all going around pecking on what's going on out there. Uh, not a sparrow falls to the ground without God knowing that. God says he knows the plans that he has for us. They're plans for welfare, not for evil, to give us a future and a hope. He tells us in all circumstances of 2020 and all circumstances of 2021 and every year thereafter that we're alive, that we should be thankful for everything. If we're a follower of Christ, be thankful for everything that happens inside of our life. For this is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. Challenging news. If you're not a Christian and you haven't made that decision yet, you, you have the same worldview. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you to draw you to Christ Jesus. We're either in Christ Jesus, being directed in all that we do, or if we're not in Christ, he's constantly reaching out to draw us, to bring us to him uh, inside of these things. You know, so for the series that, that we're going uh, forward in in this area... We'll be talking and encouraging and disciplining really ourselves to look at everything that takes place and see where God is moving in each one of those events. We want to see a loving, powerful God who's in charge 
And this is important, carrying out his perfect plan for each person, each family, each church, each community, and, and each nation that will turn to him. He's constantly working for our good. You know, so as we, as we start this out, we'll, we'll look at each area that he's going to be moving in. But we're going to focus in on one verse. Uh, for the most part, everything is going to be talking about the verse. And, and it's called the good news. It's called the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and here's a, a picture. I love that picture, by the way. Uh, sorry for the uh, display there. Uh, I, I am not ashamed uh, of this good news. This is, this is Paul writing in the book of Romans that we're studying. He says, I'm not ashamed of the good news about Christ. This good news is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, to the Jew first, to the Gentile, to each and every man, woman, and child on this earth. God is reaching out. That's the good news. It tells us, you know, how God makes us right in his sight. How, how can we have a good relationship with God? How can we be in the right place with the living God who's, who's with us at all times? Um, God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished. How do we do that? From start to finish, the scripture says it's through faith that a righteous man, a righteous person uh, has life. Christian worldview. The will of God rules over and, and his will for each person is good. See, this is good news. And, and Paul, the Apostle Paul, a writer of this letter, and myself as a follower of Christ and every follower of Christ, not, don't be ashamed of the gospel. So many times uh, people look at us as legalistic. They look at us as uh, judgmental. They look at us in all these ways. But we're offering good news to the world. We're offering the best news to the world. And that's really uh, uh, what this is about. There can't be any better news than walking hand in hand with, with God. I Actually, this is, I have a screensaver, and this is my screensaver, the picture uh, of, this, of this young child. And I, I, I look, you know, way too much hair for me. Uh, and not enough clothes for me, to be honest. But it's this concept that I can walk through 2021 in God's hands. And so can everyone else. What, what could be better news? What could be better news that you can tell your kids? That you can tell your neighbors? That you can tell uh, anyone? This is the best news. We should not be ashamed of it. We should be sharing it with anyone you know, the death of Jesus Christ that paid for our sins made us right with God to be adopted into his family. You know, today we, we look at the good news. And uh, I'd like to have you join me in prayer as we, as we thank God for that news. Heavenly Father, we, we stop amazed that you love us. That you love us enough to send your son to remove our sins that we might know you. This is good news. Thank you for that. As, we've, as we come out of 2020 and into 2021, Lord, we need good news. You know, we need good news for our families. We need good news for ourselves. And we thank you that your plan is good, that it is exceedingly abundantly better than anything we could think up or imagine. Open our hearts as we hear today. Pray in Christ's name.
Amen. Amen. You know, very, very straightforward. I, I, I wanted to start, and this is the series also, who's the good news for? Um, I, we're going to break this into, into three categories. First off, uh, the good news of Jesus Christ, that's for biblical Christians, for those people who have committed their lives to Christ. And we go forward, it's, it's good news to us. And we can tell other people about it. Very, and by the way, it's a very exciting time. I, some people are dreading 2021. Uh, but we know we're going to have COVID. We know we're going to have some political chaos. We know the world and all the stuff that's going on. But you realize God chose us for a time such as this? That, that we're going to be part of what God is doing in this world through 2021? Uh, that, that's exciting news for biblical Christians. So this is good news for that. Also, by the way, it's, and, and we, the honesty, uh, it's good news for struggling Christians also. There's one of the things about Christianity is it's constantly under attack. Uh, and, and, and so many people uh, in our world today fall back. They know the good news of Jesus Christ. And, and maybe at a time they walked with God, but then life comes up and just starts to choke people out if we're not careful. So this is a verse that comes out of uh, Revelation. Talks about people who were uh, enduring patiently, bearing up uh, for Christ's name's sake, not growing weary. She says, but I have this against you. You've abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent. Do the works you did at first. We live in a, uh, a country where false Christianity, cold Christianity, lukewarm Christianity, liberal Christianity uh, is put forward. And this first statistic is how many people who attend church regularly and call themselves Christians have a biblical worldview? Six percent. That is challenging to each and every person. So as, as, as biblical Christians, we want to encourage others. And if you're listening in and you know you're not in the right place, you know you're being, if you will, choked out or your love is not as fervent as it was or it should be and, and you know it, well, do something about it. Take the time. Let, let us help in any way we can. Uh, claim their highest priority in life is God, 14% and 16% that the Bible is absolutely true. We can help. This would be the time to get ready for the years that are ahead. Okay, now, next thing, one other group, and this is, this is huge. There are people I, during this series and, and this message, I hope, listening in right now, that have seen the confusion of the world, that have, that have lived through pain, loss, and suffering, and see more of it on the future. And you want to know about God. You want to you reach out. There's a, there's, a, there's a promise that's given to us. It, God tells us, and to you, and to us that are in the middle of this, this flail, that, that God has plans for us, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give every person a future and a hope. And there's a promise that if, when we call upon him, when we, when we come to him and pray, if we seek him, We'll find him if we seek with our whole heart. You know, I, I tell the story often when I, when I was first presented with some information that 
objective, clear evidence that we'll talk about later that there is a God, that the Bible is the inspired word, that Jesus did live, do the miracles that the Bible says, die, and he rose from death. When I saw some evidence for that, it hooked me. I became that seeker that you see in that verse that, that I sought diligently. I sought with my whole heart. I said, this, this is real. I need to find out. So if that's your case, if that's where you are, let us help you. Give the opportunity to, to call in, talk to myself or Dion or any of the uh, people here at the church and see how we can help. We're going to be doing this for several weeks, so write down questions, come in, and, and let us know what we can do to help. Okay, first, uh, the easy part, because most of us know what, I'm, what the verse we're going to use. How do you define the good news? How do you define the gospel? Well, many of us heard this, and I personally had heard it a, a lot. It didn't change my life until I understood the, the, the Jesus that made it possible, but we know that God so loved the world. We know he gave his one and only son. This is, these are not really religious statements. These are historical events with eyewitnesses showing that the reality of it. Even his critics say Jesus lived and the things that he did. Uh, and it says that anyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. This is good news. God sent his son into the world not to judge but to save the world, the world and each person needs a Savior. There's no judgment against anyone who believes in him. But if you don't believe, you've already been judged. We've chosen to walk away from God's Son, God's gift. We don't believe in, in the one and only Son. It's, the judgment's clear. God sends light into the world. If we choose darkness, that's our choice. So that our deeds won't be exposed. But this is the good news. You know, we, we know this verse. We've heard it many times. Uh, we hear it at Christmas. We hear it at Easter. We hear it all the time. Changed millions of lives over 2,000 years. Was the actual energy and the foundation of Western culture inside of the world. It's changing the world as we speak. People are coming to know Christ. Countries uh, are, are finding small revivals springing up inside of themselves, even in all the hard stuff that's going on in this world. This is, this is God's good news. And he, he gives it to us, and he gives us something else in this. And uh, it's, it's worth, at least for me, it's, it's a huge deal. It goes back to that picture of, of holding God's hand. He's not a God removed. He's a God that's our Father. You know, you can't, we, this, this concept of, uh, of God loving us, it says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. When we're in Christ, we're given every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. You know, when I, I had this concept of as we work diligently, we would earn certain things. No, not in Christianity. He gives it to us up front. And we have the unbelievable privilege of calling the sovereign ruler of all that is, the creator of everything, Father. The whole concept when, when, when Jesus started his prayer with our Father, years just 
turned up. The, the religious people of the time said, you can't say that. No, God is reaching out to adopt us into his family. You know, this, uh, this concept of every spiritual blessing that uh, we should uh, be f- for him. But look at it. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as his sons through Jesus Christ. The, this whole world, talk about a worldview, this whole world, this whole reality that's gone on for thousands of years now. Civilizations have risen and fallen. All of those things are all part of God building an eternal family. A family that will, will live forever with him in a, in a reality that uh, is very different from this world. Will be adopted. Uh, I just was again finishing Revelation. A new heaven and a new earth, where we'll live forever in. This is this is this is good news. Blessed be the Father who invites us into a relation, into His family. And how does He do that? What, this good news is. It says in this verse again. It's it's the good news. It's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. It is the power of God. Why do we need a Savior? Huge start. This is, this is where uh, in our culture today where most people feel that they're good people, uh, some high percentage of people, uh, 78%, feel that they're good enough to get into heaven. I ask people all the time, even Christians, they say, why, they, who feel they're Christians, say, why would God let you into heaven? And they say, well, I'm a good person. And, of course, I get the joy of saying, well, I don't think so. Because God says you're not. And this is a huge thing. Because all have sinned, and this is, this is the, the part of the bad news that works up to the good news. Uh, for everyone has sinned, for we all fall short of God's glorious standard. We all do. This, by the way, we have sinned is past tense. And we are falling short of God's glorious standard. If we're claim uh, we have no sin, we're fooling ourselves. Truth isn't in us. If we claim we have not sinned, we're calling God a liar. <coughs> These things are, are claims against God. He says we're a sinner, we say we're not. Uh, if we believe the secular worldview, and, and that's how we see the world, well, we're just evolved animals. We're basically good living by instinct. We do bad things, but we're basically good on the inside. Uh, that's, that's their worldview. But God says, no, we're... Not really. We're fooling ourselves. So this is, these are verses that challenge us because they talk about our need for a Savior, our need for good news. At the same time, uh, as we look at those and we take those verses, and this is, this is really fun on the good news, add the rest of the verse. Often I, I, you read in God's thing, he gives bad news and then good news. The good news is if we claim we have no sin. We're only fooling ourselves, not living in the truth. But, but if we confess our sins, if we acknowledge our need for a Savior, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See the, see the addition? See the good news? The bad, yeah, we're sinners. But if we confess that and we recognize that and we stand before the living God then he'll forgive us our sins. He'll cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The other one, for everyone has sinned and fallen short and continue to fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God 
in that state, in that condition, in His great grace, freely makes us right in His sight. The sin is removed. He did this through Christ Jesus when He freed us from the penalty of sin. God takes our sin and puts Him on His Son. And His Son pays for Him. You know, this is, this is the, the promise of Jesus Christ. This is the good news that the Bible brings forward. Stop. For those of you who may never have considered this, what if this is true? What if we really are sinners and we need a Savior? What if Jesus Christ is that Savior? What if we can have a relationship with God and be adopted into His family for all eternity? What if we can get a do-over and a new start? What if? This is good news beyond anything we can imagine down here. There's no, there's no comparison. And when we talk to others, we get the privilege and the honor of telling them good news because we should not be ashamed of it. We should boldly, lovingly present God's uh, good news to everyone that we come in contact with. You know, this is, this is good news for us uh, and as we look around toward the end of the world, the pain in the world, tyrants killing millions, terrorists killing hundreds of thousands, and cold uh, cases, unsolved molesters, murderers, all this stuff, we see it out there. Well, what's God doing about that? You know, false teachers, you know, funky politicians, I can really say that, uh, led Billions astray with false hope. But in the end, and again, this is one of God's promises. This is good news. And we all want it. There will be justice in the end. You know, we look at certain situations down here and, and we don't see justice. We look at often the guilty going free. The good news is because the righteousness of God, all crimes will be paid for. They'll be paid for by the person or they'll be paid for by Jesus Christ. Two choices. We can have Jesus pay or we can pay ourselves. There will be no exceptions to perfect justice in God's kingdom. Uh, There will be justice. No exceptions, no presidential pardons, no plea bargainings, no hung juries. There There will be perfect justice inside of the world. It's this last part of this verse. It shows God's righteousness, his holiness, if you will, at the present time. That, that God at one time can be just, in other words, judge all sin and, and, and ensure that at the end of this world, this creation, the books are even. Those who, who have sinned and fallen short and, and have not turned to Christ, those sins are paid for by them. But on the other hand, he's the justifier. He, 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 he forgives sin by sending Christ to pay for those sins. I love this verse. He says, uh, everyone who is arrogant of heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured that he will not go unpunished. As we look around culture and child molesters and, and people who deal in sex slaves and all of these terrible things that are taking place, there will be justice. 
there will be justice. The administration of law, the assignment of merits and rewards and punishment. It will be perfect in the end. Now, again, the good news of Christ. Let's, let's continue with that. How do we get that? What's the, what's the entry? One of the questions that we should always ask up front and in our culture today is, well, what's it going to cost me? Well, um, ultimately everything. But what is, how does that start? How do we move through that? It says that all of this is accomplished. All of the good news is accomplished from start to finish by faith. We said that in John 3.16. If we believe, then we're saved. It's through faith that a righteous person finds life. The, the Christian worldview of, of God ruling over all. And he will, for each person, that, you know, a will that is good and acceptable and perfect. It's by faith. Do we believe that? Do we believe that there's a loving God who loves us enough to send his son to die for us? And we're not ashamed of the gospel that goes forward. You know, so how do we live by faith? What does that look like as we're there? We're told, for by grace we're saved through faith and not that of ourselves. It is a gift from God. God gives us this gift. If, if we read it carefully, we're saved by grace through faith. It's not of ourselves. It is faith is the gift of God. We can't work. We can't earn it. We're going to see in a, in a couple of weeks as we continue in the book of Romans that, that those who work for God's favor... Ultimately, in the end, if, when they go to heaven, they say, well, I worked, you owe me. People go, you know, we, we talk about an, an entitlement attitude. There's, there's that that is, builds up in someone's hearts. We get grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. It's a gift that's given to us because we believe, not based on works, based on faith who Jesus is and what he did and who our God is. There's a clear dividing line here that, that we should look at in each of these things. We, we said it in the good news of Christ at the end of it. If we believe, then we have eternal life. If we don't, we're condemned. This is, this is, the, this is the, the truth of the good news. It's just believing but uh, for me, it was huge, and I, I, I share this whenever I get a chance. Believing faith, it's not blind faith. It's not believing without reason or recourse. Biblical faith is not blind. As a matter of fact, uh, the definition looked carefully at uh, of what faith is comes out of the book of Hebrews. It, it, it tells us you know, that faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence, the proof of things not seen. It's through faith uh, the people of old days earned a good reputation. I, the red are the words. I, it, I looked it up in the original language. I, I didn't do this originally. When I first started as a Christian, I said, oh, faith, okay. God gives us evidence. These, the Greek words in this, the reality, faith shows the reality. That means there's a Greek word that means that's a strong support. It's like a pillar. Uh, I was looking at this example in the, in the Bible and how they describe it. 
If you've ever taken one of these big, wild, crazy overpasses that goes so far in the air, you get a nosebleed, and, and you look down, you say, I hope I don't go off there. What holds them up are these pillars, this under support. And, and the word for this in, in the Greek is hupostasius. It's hupo, under, stasius, you know, strength, and under foundation that exists there. So faith is, is really this reality with a strong support under it of what we hoped for. It is the evidence, and, and the word evidence, again, in the original language, is proof. That by which a thing is proved or tested. God gives us proof to build our faith on. It is strong. It's through faith, this solid thing that changes our life. Biblical truth is not truth-ish. Everything is ish in our culture today. We want to get close, but not quite there. No, Biblical truth is truth without the ish. And we have a foundation so we can actually boldly tell other people. You know, I say this for for parents, that as we pass on our faith to our kids, they know whether we believe it or not, because they know how we live. So if we live our faith, if we understand that it is true and we live as if it's true, then we have a foundation that we can pass on to them and they'll see the reality of our lives. You know, so this ability to seek truth to, if you're in that seeking mode, please. I took months of reading and studying and I, I still do, by the way, and I still have evidence books that I read all the time and, and, and these uh, scientific uh, Books written by Christians pointing toward the creation and all that information. We'll talk about that next week. This is great news. My worldview, the Christian worldview, is not based on blind faith. It's rational faith that we can pass on to other people. That's great news. And also, it's not passive in that. It, it requires us to do something. Every time we believe something, we can give mental assent to it, or we can go do it. Biblical faith calls for works. It calls us for us to step out on what we know is true in, inside of our lives. Here's a, here's, we talk about the Bible, and this particular one, it says, All Scripture is, is God-breathed, profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. There are facts that point to the scripture being true. We'll talk about that actually next week. The facts, that's that faith has evidence. And so we look at the facts, we have faith in it, we choose to follow it. Yeah, we, our feelings come after that. We sadly live, live in a culture that has built our lives around feelings. Uh, God says build them around the facts that he offers us. This is, this is the gift of God to us to be able to do that. So, so where do we go with this? Biblical faith produces works and action. We should be moving and, and listening to God and doing what he calls us to do. You know, in, in the Ephesians 2, it, it talks about this connection at the end. It says, for by grace you've been saved. We've talked about that. It's not of our own doings. It's a gift of God, not a result of works. Got it. But look what happens. We take action on that faith. We're God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus 
for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You know, for the, for the follower of Christ, as we look at 2021, a lot of stuff going on. But the most important thing to me, really, is to know what God wants me to do. What are the works God has prepared for me? He prepared them before the foundation of the world that I could walk in them in 2021. And, and same with you. If you're a follower of Christ, he has prepared works, things for you to do to express his good news to the world around us. And, and I, I sincerely believe that we're going to need to be the purveyors and the offers of good news to a world that's going to be looking for it. I don't think things are going to get better. I think we're in for a rough ride over the next several months, not just because of COVID, but all the changes are going to be taking place that's there. So what's the application? Well, sacrifice ourselves. I love that. I appeal to you, therefore, brother, therefore, by the mercies of God, present your body as a living sacrifice. Present us. Do those things that God calls us to do. Holy and acceptable to God. This is just our spiritual words. This is, this is just rational. Don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed. Renew our mind. That by testing we can discern what the will of God is. Again, good, acceptable, and perfect. I love that verse. But there's something in it I, that, that is so powerful to me, and hopefully it'll help you, is that word, therefore. Anyone who's been plagued in a Bible study with me, I always ask everyone, well, what's the therefore, therefore? I mean, obviously, it's, a, it's something that points to what went before. So what went before this verse that would lead us to lay our lives down, to make ourselves a sacrifice before God, to change our worldview? What went before Romans 12, 1 and 2? Well, actually, it comes out of the chapter of 11 in Romans. I love this. The chapter breaks were not there when, when the Apostle Paul wrote it. We put those for our convenience. I think this one went in the wrong place. Because here's what went before Romans 12. For God has consigned all of us to disobedience. We're all sinners. He's, that's the way he set the world up. Uh, everyone sins, everyone falls short. Why? So that he can show mercy on all of us. This is his, oh, the depth, the riches, and wisdom, and the knowledge of God. He's working a plan out in 2020. It's so hard to see. Actually, we, we see glimpses here and there. But he's working a plan out. Oh, the, how the riches, the wisdom, the, how unsearchable are his judgments. How inscrutable are his ways. I keep reminding myself when I look at something in the news, I look at that event that happened in Washington, D.C. this week, and I know God allowed that. The events are moving this country in a direction that's good and acceptable, but I don't know. It's To me, it's unsearchable. It's, it's beyond. It's inscrutable. I love those words. For we've not known, we don't know the mind of the Lord. I'm not his counselor. I, love, I hear people pray all the time, and they're counseling God on what he should do. Oh, God, do this, do that, do this, do that. You know, help this. Oh, I'm not talking about, you know, legitimate person. I'm talking about giving God advice. I'll hear about that. So uh, 
questions later. Uh, but who has given him a gift? Who's given anything to God that he has to be repaid? For from God, through God, and to God are all things. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Who, who is this God? The depth and riches of his wisdom, his not, how unsearchable, his glory forever and ever. Now, therefore, therefore, because that is true, give your bodies as a living sacrifice to the living God. Let him transform our minds. That's, my goal is to have my mind transformed so that I can understand God's will, see his hand in everything. That should be my worldview. And I invite everyone into that as we go. It's the therefore. Again, this is the promise of God that comes to us. That's, that's the offer that we all have. That's the biblical worldview that God's in charge. That God's totally in charge of everything that takes place. He established his throne in the heavens. He rules over all. He says, I got plans for you. They're plans for good. They're good. They're acceptable and they're perfect. I'll be guiding your steps throughout the next year. Join me in prayer, please. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you're God. Your ways are above our ways. Your wisdom and knowledge are totally beyond our understanding. But you sent your son to this earth that we might know you, that we might understand your love and your ways, that we might be transformed if you into the image of God, that our minds might be changed so we can see the world with your love, with your perfect wisdom. Thank you that you will lead and guide us in 2021. We thank you, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.